Hey gang, and welcome back to The Rant with Sean Scott and Ant, the quarantine distraction podcast that rose from the ashes of our dead college radio career. Today on the program, we are honored to be joined by William Hung. We had a great interview with him, unbelievable. He has such an inspiring story after coming off his American Idol audition, has just completely done so well in his career. He's now an inspirational speaker, and he just published a book back in the fall uh, called Champion by Choice. So guys, I thought we had a great interview with him. Yeah, it was truly awesome to talk to him. Um, uh, a guy that you almost wouldn't expect to have a career like he's had, just based on what most people probably know about him. But it, it's truly phenomenal to really kind of dive into what he's been through, how he's turned it into such a a successful career. So a truly yeah. pleasure to talk to, to William. Yeah, he was he was awesome. You know, he was so positive and he had such nice things to say about everything. Is is just he was truly inspiring. You know, if you just based on just watching his American Idol like audition tape, you'd never know the actual man behind the person. You know, he was he's such a good guy, and uh, it was a pleasure to meet him and talk to him. And I'm so happy he came on the show. Agreed. You guys summed it up very well. Uh, and then after our interview with William Hung, we're going to dive into the NHL's plan to return. Now, I understand, Scott and Ant, this is more likely to happen than the Major League Baseball, correct? And yes, uh, it includes a 2014 Stanley Cup playoff format, of which the Buffalo Sabres will not be making it. But we're <laughs> going to dive into that and bring you the most up-to-date, uh, you know, what, what the biggest update in the NHL and its return to our television sets. Uh, so with that, we're going to dive. It's the William Hung interview here, so we really hope you enjoy it. Uh, here's our interview with William Hung. Hey, gang, and welcome back to The Rant with Sean, Scott, and Ant. We have a very special episode lined up for you today. We are absolutely honored to have our guest, William Hung, here for an interview today. As some of you may know, William, after his American Idol audition, his rendition of She Bangs became famous for all the wrong reasons. But despite a humbling start, William redeemed himself. And he has since appeared on Jimmy Kimmel Live, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, and even performed live with Ricky Martin in Las Vegas. Wild stuff. William, you have spent the last 16 years studying the world's top performers and public speakers to uncover their secrets to success. And using what you discovered, you've skyrocketed your first studio album, Inspiration, to the number one on the independent billboard charts. You have spoken for TEDx twice, Microsoft, Remax, and Corvo. And now you help people find their unconventional path to success because you believe everyone has a right to try something new without being judged or ridiculed. William, you use your experience from role-playing games and strategy games to help your clients with improving their public speaking. William, thanks so much for being on the radio show today. Yo, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> We're super psyched to have you. How's the quarantine going? Yeah, that's something I need to rant about. <laughs> because Los Angeles, unfortunately, is definitely one of the epicenters for the, for the coronavirus. It's very scary to keep hearing a lot of deaths every day. I get home messages like, oh my God, all these people died again. You know, it, it, yeah. it, 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 at some point, it, it gets, I, I feel like a bit numb to it. And that's not a good place to be in. Uh, so yeah, in a way, like, I try not to like, let that bother me and then focus on what I can control. Very well put. And, you know, you, you say focus on what you control because you talk a lot about that in your book. 
I, I was thinking about this today, and that's a good perspective on all this, right? Because we, we started this podcast to kind of offer people a distraction from all this going on. There's a lot of crazy things going on in the media. We were like, well, let's give somebody, some people something to laugh about, some things to, uh, to you know, listen to and distract them from all the craziness. So <laughs> I was thinking, though, if you're going to be quarantined somewhere, Los Angeles is a pretty good spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's really it's not bad. I think they're starting to reopening some of the retail stores. Um, you know, hopefully in the in the next month or two, they'll reopen the the personal uh, services. Like I haven't gotten a, my hair cut in a few months, so because <laughs> and not by and not by choice, obviously. So yeah, <laughs> yeah we we're just talking about that off air, William. My hair is going nuts these days. You just can't keep it nice and clean. <laughs> My girlfriend had to cut my hair, and she wasn't too happy about it. But I was... <laughs> we were giving Ant a hard time on one of our earlier episodes because he came with a bald head. Yeah, right. yeah. You feel your pain. <laughs> it really, it really took us by surprise. Okay, William, let's get to your career, and 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 more importantly, even like the book that you you just uh, published. So, and correct me if I'm wrong on this list, okay? So, William, you have been a civil engineer, a math teacher, entertainer crime analyst, you've worked in public health, you're a professional poker player, and yeah. now a motivational speaker, speaking coach, and, and finally now an author. Is there, yeah. anything that, is there anything I miss? Is there anything you don't do, man? Uh, <laughs> that's a lot, but you got all of them right, which is amazing. So yeah, okay. no, I, do, I, I, did all the, I do all those things, and then now I am uh, taking a step back to figure out the long-term impact that I want to make for other people in the world. That's terrific. We, we applaud that. And, and you, talk, you talk a lot about that, you know, giving back to other people in the world, sharing your experiences for the better and helping to motivate people. So getting to your book, Champion by Choice, I'm holding it yeah. up here for, for you listeners at home. Uh, it just came out in October, correct? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, uh, so, October last year. Yes. Oh, awesome. So tell us, tell us more about the book. I know I, I read it. I ordered it last week and, and ran through it. It was fantastic stuff. It's actually a book that I, I was telling Scott and Ant that I wish I'd read this in middle school. Oh, I think that wow. Would have, <laughs> I think that would help me out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but tell us more about the book. You know, what inspired you to write it and what was that process like to, to write it? Absolutely. So I started this writing process about two years ago, back in 2018. And my, my uh, motivation for writing this book is to let people know the true version of my life story. Because I feel that media uh, put out one version of it. And that, that version is like the Xu Bangs guy who can sing, make fun of himself on national television, and that's it. And so I feel people deserve to know who I am more way beyond this, the artificial service level. So that's why I wanted to uh, leave my own legacy with the written word. Uh, and really, it's the same reason why I chose to pursue the entertainment industry uh, 15 years ago, uh, because I knew that I don't have the best talent. I knew that. I, kn I knew that all along. So I don't, I'm not afraid of people saying that, oh, you, you, really, you can't really sing. You're not a good singer. You shouldn't work in the entertainment industry. But, so what kept me going was because I feel that I need to uh, put my version of my, of my own story out there. And back then, you know, 15, 16 years ago, there's no social media. It was very little social media. It was the only way I knew that I can put my own truth out there in the world. That's an incredible answer. 
I mean, I was in middle school, I think, when, when that episode aired. And I remember the part of you that you were able to show uh, in the clip from the show is when you said, I have no regrets and I already did my best. And yeah. that, like, that, cl that clip, that audio alone, it just shows who you are. And like you said, like, social media wasn't there really to promote that part. And this book yes. does exactly that. And it shows, it allows, it allows you, like you said, to kind of allow you to paint your own picture and kind of show the world who you are, who you want to be. And yeah. here's your experience in, in telling people who they could be and, you know, where they could go in their life. So, yes. Yeah. And I know you often kind of reference your competitive nature within the book. How did that kind of help you launch the trajectory of your career and, uh, start you down the path you're on now? I like to excel in my own creative way in my life. That's been my, that, that's the consistent theme. After looking back at all my life experiences, uh, one of the reasons I knew that was when I uh, uh, played in a poker tournament, I got more satisfaction winning a $11 poker tournament compared to making multiple six figures from the entertainment industry. And the reason why was because I felt like for the entertainment industry, I chose the, 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 the best path I could given the circumstances. But I didn't want that for myself. In a way, like I, was either, I either choose to stand up and put myself out there, or I could hide in fear and let other people say whatever they want about me. And I don't like that either. So it, was, it didn't feel like a win-win situation for me. But in poker, it's very different. Great analogy is that you have a choice in terms of the life that you want to create for yourself. If, you, if the hand you're dealt with, you don't like it, you can fold, you can play a new hand. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. And I mean, it, it, you can kind of see it. Uh, Sean referenced it a little earlier, um, talking about your, your audition on American Idol and kind of how you remain positive after that. Um, we're talking about how you had given it everything you got, you have no regrets. How are you able to keep that positivity and where does that attitude come from? Wow. Uh, I would say that uh, it is, it's a combination of my parents, my friends, mentors, and fans. It, it didn't happen overnight. I would say my mom, uh, she's a big uh, influencer for me because uh, she's not someone that pushed me to get good grades. Uh, she's okay with me as long as I could keep my lights on and do good for the world. So it's very simple and I like it because that's what it's all about in, you know, in life, you know, besides maintaining your life, you know, keeping your lights on, there's a lot of room for creativity. There's a lot of room for us to explore, to, you know, that's what we want to do. Yeah. And I mean, even free fame, like you had that, that positivity during your audition. Do, do you feel that that positivity was with you at a young age as well? Um, I would say that, that uh, it came from uh, something that my mom taught me. She said that it's okay to fail as long as you try your best. And what, during the American Idol audition, all I did was sharing how I genuinely felt. I didn't script my responses to, to the judges. I wasn't even trying to seek you know, national attention. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't my intention at all. Right. Uh, I just come, I just share how I felt, and then somehow people fell in love with me. And to this day, it's still a mystery why that happened. But one uh, theory that seems to be accepted by by my fans, by my by my audience, 
uh, that is that like during that time, a lot of people when they don't make it to Hollywood, they would get angry and upset at the judges. But I didn't see a need to do that, and the reason was because I the way I saw the judges, I saw them just playing their roles. So why take it personally? It's nothing. It's not. They, they not offending me all that much. Yeah. You know, even though Simon said like, you can't sing, you can't dance. You know, it didn't bother me all that much. Going back to your book, uh, when did you choose to pursue a career in professional speaking, and what was the journey to get there like? Ooh, I would say that pro uh, professional speaking. I started only about three years ago. Uh, and the way I started this journey was when I decided to join Toastmasters uh, eight years ago. So after American Idol, but, but after like about like the first four years. And the reason why is because my entertainment career started to slow down and I need to figure out what else I want to do in my life. Uh, and then I, I decided, okay, well, maybe I can work for a government job. Uh, and, and then I've, I, and I have quickly discovered that I needed an outlet or for after outside of work because my work that I do uh, as the you know statistical analyst for the police department it wasn't the most exciting job <laughs> I thought it would be like more like crime scene investigation CSI yeah. but it wasn't mm -hmm. it was more like processing all these police reports uh, as you can imagine reading about rape murder burglary every single day to extract the crime data so yeah so I felt like I need something something more brighter something more exciting and that's why I got into speaking, uh, because every time I speak for Toastmasters, there's something called table topics. It's like a two-minute version of speaking karaoke. You can talk about whatever you want. So that's what got me excited. Like, uh, and then, and then as I as uh, as I do more speaking, I learned that my speaking has a bigger impact compared to just entertaining uh, other people to be singing. So that's why I prefer speaking over entertainment. Are there any like right other on. motivational speakers that you like that you're close with uh, inspire you? Any like other celebrities or uh, just figures? Yeah, um, one of the speeches that stood out to me uh, is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, he there's a title on YouTube that says the speech that broke the internet, <laughs> like got over five million views on it. And so yeah, that speech really resonates with me because it's all about uh, creating the plan A in your life and focus all in on plan A. And that's so hard to do. It's, the concept is simple, but many times in our lives, including my own, I don't know what my plan A is just yet. You know, it's my plan A uh, uh, working for a stable job. Uh, it's my plan A being a professional poker player. It's my plan A creating this new gaming platform I'm working on right now. What is my plan A? So that, that's, that's, what, that's why it, it's a profound, uh, simple yet profound concept. But yeah, once you figure out what that plan A is, because, and it's not because other people tell you. Because when other people tell you, then it's just, you, you're just following other people's judgment. And that's so hard. Uh, it's, it's about like coming up, listening to other people's ideas, and then coming up with that plan A by yourself eventually. That's awesome. awesome. I think awesome. I think it's impossible to not be inspired by Arnold Schwarzenegger in some element or facet. Yeah. I think everyone can find inspiration <laughs> from that man. He's done some good stuff. Listening to you describe your journey, it seems you've been through a roller coaster to get where you are now. How are you able yeah. to be motivated and positive during these difficult times? One of the, the best ways to stay aligned and motivated, I would say, is to figure out what excites you for your spiritual mission. 
that's something I don't even put much time and thought into until the last couple of years. Like, why am I waking up every day? And I finally found out that my, my spiritual why is to help people try something new without being judged or ridiculed. It is that simple. It doesn't matter if it's through poker, if it doesn't matter if it's speaking or doing podcast interviews like this one. Uh, my, my, my overall mission is to uh, get more people to just, just, just go for what they, what they really want in the first place. Yeah, agreed. And that's, that's what inspired us to like reach out to you. Because honestly, um, when, I, when I looked you up and found your website and saw that you, you, know, you published a book, I was just completely blown away. I know I, I, I called the guys immediately and said this would be a great story to share. Uh, and actually, it, when I was reading your book this weekend, it, I flashed back to a moment that I had in high school when I had decided to, and I don't, Aunt Scott, you definitely don't know the story. Carrie, I don't even know if my younger brother knows the story. Um, but it flashed back to the, I decided to try out for the varsity golf team. Mm. I think I was a junior, maybe, I think it was a junior or senior. Um, it ended up not being a good decision, but mm. I, I got out there. You know, I, I've golfed pretty much since age like nine or ten. Um, not incredibly consistently, uh, but I got out there, you know, I just said, I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. My bet, my, one of my best friends at the time was, um, the like captain of the team. I figured this would be really cool if we could golf together on the team and all this stuff. Uh, yeah. I got really nervous and I got out there cause there was, I think three days of tryouts. Mm. I got out there and I shot a 73. Wow. Um, on nine holes so <laughs> oh <laughs> so not very good stuff but what this is where you know your story came into play right i was incredibly mortified by the whole thing it was a really embarrassing moment in my life um but i decided to continue on and i showed up for the next day of tryouts um you know and some guys on the team were openly talking about my score the second day which was kind of, you know, sucky to listen to. Yeah. Um, but I put my head down, I focused, I channeled that nervous energy and I went out and shot, you know, still a bad 55 on nine, but <laughs> you know, I was able, I was able to internally like process that and I didn't give up. Uh, and I, I noticed a lot of like everything that you talk about in this book reminded me of that moment and how that was a good learning experience for me. Um, and I'm glad I went through that experience in my high school years instead of, you know, uh, later on, it's a learning, it's a learning moment, you know? Yes. yes. I appreciated that perspective and the attitude that you outlined in the book. Oh, incredibly. Um, William, getting to kind of your book, uh, I know, I know you do mention this in there. After the American Idol audition, you were able to, to land a record deal. Yes. Can you, can you take us through that process of, of, of kind of landing that, that first record deal? Yeah, so what happened was after the Fox broadcasted my audition, a few days later, one of my fans created a website called williamhung.net. And somehow it got over 8 million hits in less than a month. Wow. And, it and it broke the internet and then they reached out to the, uh, the news were talking about it. And then the record company, Koch Records, reached out to me and asked and said, William, I heard about this on the news. And I'm, I'm ex we are excited to take a chance on you. So we're going to offer you $25,000 for a record contract. You want to do it? It's like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I mean, you mentioned your, your website and you kind of went viral before going viral was really a thing. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was kind of like right at the cusp of social media becoming really prevalent. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, um, it kind of really helped launch your, I mean, at least your entertainment career. Was it difficult to really continue to pursue the career path of entertainment and singing after maybe getting some negative reviews on American Idol? It, it was initially uh, somewhat difficult for me to make the decision uh, to uh, agree to the record contract because I knew that it was a point of no return. So the issue wasn't the money. The issue was like the life direction that I was heading. Uh, but like I mentioned earlier, what pushed me forward was when uh, people just kept making up fake news about me, <laughs> like, like, like William Hung portrays the biggest Asian stereotypes. And William Hung committed suicide due to heroin overdose. I, I mean, I, know, I knew they were poking fun at me, but that's something that bothered me. I felt yeah. like that's, I cannot let this uh, keep going on. I need to uh, share my story out there. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, that, the, the book serves as a great platform for that um, and, and really kind of gives us some insight into to really who you are, not just what the media portrays you as. Yes. I, yeah. I did want to, William, I mean, I know Sean kind of mentioned it in your intro. You got a chance to sing with Ricky Martin in Las Vegas. Um, yeah. Who uh, wrote the song that, really launched your career with Shebang. Can you talk about how you got that opportunity and what that was like? Yeah, so Ricky Martin, he mentioned uh, four to five times on the radio uh, in, in the past 15 years about performing together on the same stage for Shebangs. But it didn't happen until 2018. And I thought, wow, is he serious this time? And then my friend uh, heard uh, about uh, Ricky Martin on the, one of the local radio stations for LA, Los Angeles. And she called me right away. It's like, wow, you got you to gotta reach out to the radio station right away. So this, is, this sounds really serious. And, and, and then I reached out to the radio station. They connected me with Ricky Martin's manager. That's how I know it's serious. And then we finally made it happen. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. What was the crowd like? Were they going wild? Yeah, it was this, uh, a huge, uh, pleasant surprise. And That's then awesome. I was, I, and then people mocked me for pictures and autographs afterwards. It's, it's like it, it brings back, it brings back those, those uh, feelings as as that you know entertainer on the peak. Right. Yeah, that sounds like when Carrie and I go to New Amsterdam to sing karaoke time a gazillion. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Carrie does a great rendition. She won't admit this on the air. She does a great rendition of Stevie Nicks music. That's yeah. her go-to. <laughs> she's, she's just shaking her head. Awesome. Um, so I wanted to ask you, and you do mention this in the book too, briefly. So one of my favorite shows of all time is Arrested Development. And Aunt, Aunt and I bonded in college over that show. And I, I remember you, you had an appearance on that show in, in 2006. So you can, can you tell us a bit about what that experience was like being on a TV show? For the Arrested Development, I remember I was just invited uh, to be the, the, the hung jury uh, on Judge, yeah. Judge, uh, uh, yeah, Judge Reinhold. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a fun experience. It was a different angle that I haven't thought of. Yeah, so overall, it was a fun video uh, experience. 
Good. Did you get to like meet the cast and all that stuff? Was that, was that uh, cool? I, I, I kind of forgot. I mean, um, I met a lot of people uh, that, that during that episode, but I'm not sure who was who. Right. It's just too long. Kind of a, a whirlwind. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of fast yeah. movers and shakers going on. William, uh, we talk a lot about sports on this show. Uh, living in LA, do you uh, follow any teams out there or do you go to any games? Well, um, I, I do used to follow uh, football. Uh, I, I enjoy watching college football and NFL sometimes. Uh, but given the, the current uh, situation, there are no physical sports going on, really. So I got into eSports, electronic sports. Nice. So yeah, uh, yeah. So I uh, sometimes I watch the League of Legends, uh, Hearthstone. I'm I'm thinking about like how to get myself involved myself because I actually enjoy video games a lot. Like what games you guys do you play at home? Uh, you have um, PlayStation. I play on the computer. I okay. download uh, uh, an uh, uh, application called Steam, and then they have all kinds of video games. And then from there, I would I, right now the games I spend time on the most would be role-playing and strategy games. That's very cool. I've been, I've been investing a lot of time in Call of Duty Warzone during the Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Scott, you play? Are we I just do, dude. We got, out on, we got a squad up. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. How do we not know this prior to the show? I don't show? know. Um, William, you, like, just kind of talking about games, obviously Faulkner and I play a lot of video games, but... I wanted, you mentioned earlier launching a gaming platform. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'm, I, I, right now I'm still thinking about my, my overall vision, uh, what it looks like. But the vision I have now, as of today, I'm thinking about creating a platform similar to SimCity, where people can experience different life scenarios. People can play the role like policeman, firefighter, teacher, gamer, different roles and, and, and then uh, see, see, see uh, go through their uh, challenges as well as rewards. Uh, and then they could experience that without losing their current way of life. That's awesome. Uh, so going back, my, I just wanted to ask one more quick question about the sports thing. So now that, now that LA has two football teams, right? The Chargers and the Rams. Yep. Which, which team do you lean towards? <laughs> I don't really have a preference of one over the other. I just enjoy watching football uh, from time to time. So, uh, it's because because um, for me, uh, for, like a lot of uh, my parents on the, on, the, on the opposite end. My mom, when she sees those football uh, videos on TV, she could never understand it. It's like, it's, it's like why do just people hurt each other, run, ram into each other all the time? <laughs> and then the way I see it is on the other opposite because I actually played the NCAA football uh, back, back from PlayStation. So the way I see football is more like a human chess match. That was a classic game back in the, the PlayStation, I think. And I think NCAA made, games are com coming back, right? They might be coming back. It's made a resurgence recently in quarantine. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned your poker playing as well, William. Can you talk about how you... Like when you first started playing poker, when you got interested in it, and, and kind of how, you, how you're still playing now? Yeah, uh, so I started playing poker about 15 years ago uh, after my American Idol. And initially, I just uh, I got really inspired by Chris Moneymaker. Uh, so Chris Moneymaker is, uh, is a you know, mid-40s um, accountant from Tennessee. 
and he just won. He he bested all the pros back uh, back in the uh, you know old days, like like 15 years ago for World Series of Poker. He became the world champion of poker. And it's like whoa, how is that possible? Like like maybe maybe I can make something out of it. You know, it's like if he can do it, anybody can do it. So yeah, so that's what got me into it. Uh, and then I just uh, pl uh, played uh, on the side, more like a side income. Uh, and I was doing pretty well, you know, relatively relative to, to the stakes I'm playing. So, like, like, uh, so yeah, so that's what get me excited. But I've been taking time off from that, from poker throughout the years. So like, you know, there were times when I played a lot. There were times when I didn't play at all. And then last two years was when I decided to take poker seriously, like, like to the next level. And the reason was because I, I just wasn't happy with my government job. And it's nothing to do with them. It's just for myself. It's like, mm -hmm. wow, do I really want to be the average typical guy for the rest of my life? So that's what bothered me. And then that's why I just, I, okay, well, maybe I do have some talent in poker. I've done pretty well before. So maybe I, uh, so the way I approached it was I put in over a thousand hours of live play last year to prove that I could make it. Yeah, uh, and, then, and then once I knew that I could make more than my, my day job, that's when I decided to quit my, my job as of January this year. Wow, oh. congrats. Awesome, so do you have plans to compete in the World Series of Poker at all? Um, I'm considering the main event, but not mm -hmm. too many big tournaments be, uh, because, uh, because I'm uh, very conservative when it comes to managing my money. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but, but the other, you know, uh, the, what's interesting though, like about poker is that even though I enjoy the game a lot, uh, I still don't see that as my um, overall life mission. It's, it, it's, it feels like a game I, could, I would enjoy if I were to play it, you know, here and there. But if I were to do like, like full time for the next five to 10 years, I don't think I would enjoy it all that much. So that's why I'm going, that's, why, that's what I'm going through now as of, as of this recording. Nice. Well, let me know if you ever end up in Pittsburgh. We can go to the Rivers Casino and you can show me a couple things because I don't, I don't know the first thing about poker. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> do you, once, uh, do once, you play blackjack or any other games besides poker? Um, I actually try blackjack and baccarat, but I don't enjoy those games. Uh, I, I, like, the reason is because I feel those games, uh, the house always has the edge. Let's, be, yeah. let's, let's, keep, let's keep it real and honest out there. <laughs> and, and I don't feel that I have that much control over the outcome. For poker, I have a lot of control over the outcome. Yeah. Yes, short term, there's always bad, good bad luck and good luck. But, but in, the, in the long term, even within a week or within a month, the luck factor is almost non-existent. That's true. Blackjack, the odds in blackjack aren't great. That's my favorite game to play, but I very rarely ever make money playing it. I'm awful. <laughs> <laughs> you made, hey, you made money off me in college, if I recall correctly. <laughs> uh, we wanted to give you the floor and see if there was anything that you wanted to rant about, you know, whether it be traffic or, you know, the weather, anything, anything you'd like. Yeah, sure. So I, I'm, I'm going to keep it relevant uh, for, for the current world situation. And the one thing I want to rant about is that, is, is that people are not taking the coronavirus seriously enough. Uh, there's a lot of people that wants to reopen. I heard some of the casinos in Southern California are starting to reopen for the Indian uh, reservations. Uh, and that really bothers me because, because, um, because it's, a lot of people are still dying and getting infected every single day. 
it's so so you know as so as as, as someone as someone that's conscious about about this, uh, you know the safety of myself and everyone I love around me. You know, I'm not gonna put myself out there. I don't care if if Las Vegas, you know, like I also heard Las Vegas, Las Vegas will be reopening next month. But you know, yeah, it may be safe to reopen, but let's be honest with ourselves. Given that there's no vaccine yet, there's there's still a lot of people, you know, getting in, in negatively in, affected by this. Like, wow, do you really feel safe going there now? I, I, I'm not taking I'm not taking that chance. I I, I I'm sorry if if if, if you think I'm a you know. I'm a you know, freaking uh, uh, scared, uh, scaredy cat, right? That's not, that's, not, that's not a good way to look at it because we have to be honest with the facts. And, and, then, and then, you know, maybe, maybe three months, six months from now when everything really comes down, maybe there's some, there's, we, have, we know better how to protect ourselves other than wearing a face mask, then yeah, then maybe we could go out more. I mean, for me, I feel really bad that I haven't seen uh, uh, my, my friends for quite a while, more than two or three months now for, since the lockdown. I, the only people I see are my parents because I, I, I need to take care of them. But really, you know, that's something I want to rant about because, and, and the reason is because it, um, it affects my well-being. You know, like, like, like socially, not able to connect with people in real life. I used to love it. That's why I speak for this live event. That's why I travel everywhere around the world. You know, because it's about that human connection. And there's no, there's no price you can put on this. It, it really hurts all of us. But, yeah. but, but what we but make the most of the situation we have, you know, focus on still staying connected, you know, virtually. Uh, and yeah, uh, that's, even though it's something we cannot change, focus on what you can change. Absolutely. Blew it out of the water. Well done, Larry. We appreciate you uh, joining our, our rants. William, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody go uh, buy William's book, Champion by Choice. Absolutely. Find on, I found it on Amazon.com, uh, so you can find it there. Again, that's Champion by Choice. I'm going to order Brilliant. it. I'm going to order it tonight because I want to read it. Thank you. Go. I want to read your book. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. And I was actually, I was telling my, because my niece, um, Evelyn, I'm quarantined with them currently. Uh, yeah. is about to enter sixth grade, which is where the time period where I wish I read this. So I'm going to leave this for her. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. William, can you You're tell welcome. everyone where they can follow you? Are you oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like yes, absolutely. So my, my website is willhung.com. W-I-L-L-H-U-N-G.com. And uh, you, you can also find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Very great. Awesome. Well, William, thank you so much for your time. We'd really, really appreciate it. Uh, we've had a, a blast in learning more about your story and helping you tell your story. Thank you again for your time. We really appreciate having you here. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. And thanks again to William for joining us on the show here on The Rant with Sean Scott and, Ant, and even sharing a rant of his own, uh, which was fantastic. We really appreciated his time. Again, you know, check out his book, Champion by Choice. You can find that on Amazon.com. And also check out his website. And he plugged it a little bit in the interview, but that's willhung.com. Uh, we're going to talk about hockey now. Scott, Nant, you know more about this than I, but the NHL is almost ready to rock here with the 24-team Stanley Cup playoffs. Tell us more about it. Yeah, so uh, I'll let Ant chime in here too. Um, but it was announced today that uh, by – 
Commissioner Gary Bettman that the NHL plans to abandon the rest of the regular season and go straight into a playoff with 24 teams instead of the original 16 team playoff. Um, and this is all contingent on the NHL Players Association approving this return to play policy. Um, so nothing's official yet, but it's looking very likely that there is going to be a return to play for the NHL. No regular season, just playoffs, which means Faulkner and I root for teams that are so bad that the NHL was trying so hard to let as many teams in, but we still couldn't make it. And that is the Devils and the Sabres. And I'll let you chime in since you will be the only one enjoying the playoffs. This year. <laughs> well, I was just reading that the plan is to start hopefully sometime in the summer. I was reading hopefully July is what they're shooting for. And uh, the playoffs will go all the way into the fall, early fall, which would be awesome. Something to watch, obviously. There's nothing going on right now. So that'd be mm -hmm. good. 12 teams from the Eastern Conference, 12 teams from the Western Conference. Uh, my Islanders will be playing the Florida Panthers in the first round, which is exciting. We uh, we played them a couple years back in the playoffs and we beat them. So uh, they'll probably have revenge on their minds and we'll probably lose. But <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they don't. But uh, honestly, this is just exciting. Um, we need something to watch. You know, I can't I can't get into Korean baseball. I watched I watched like one game and I can't get into it. And uh, I'm happy that any, the NHL is stepping up and going to be like the first league to come back. Kudos to Gary Bettman. Kudos to the NHL. I hope Major League Baseball realizes what they're doing and they see the NHL coming back and it inspires them to get their act together. But uh, a 24-team playoff in hockey is going to be awesome to watch. It's going to be unreal. It's going to be like like the March Madness tournament, but with hockey. And yeah. yeah. Even better. Yeah, and I'll get into the matchups in a minute, but I was also reading that even though this playoff is expected to go to push into the fall, which is when usually the season begins, the NHL is still planning on having an 82-game season next year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they schedule that. If you remember years back when – uh, the NHL had their lockout. They didn't start until, I believe, December, and they still played 82 games, and that included some back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back games, which is unheard of in the NHL, playing three games in a row. So it'll be interesting to see how the scheduling plays out. These guys are going to be playing a lot of hockey over the next year. Yeah. Something to watch. All right, they're probably going to try to get rid of All-Star Week because that's, that's a week right there that they could save on. Yeah, I think they were getting like a bye week too somewhere in the season. Like every team got like a week, a random week off in the season, so they'll probably get rid of that too. Something like that. Which will obviously be hard for the players because they're going to be playing a lot more and they're not going to be able to rest as much. But I feel like everyone's got to make sacrifices right now. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, so let me dive into the matchups. Sorry, Sean, did you, you want to add something? Uh, no, actually, I was just going to say, Ant made a good point that I really hope MLB can take a hint in a note here um, about how to come together to unite um, in the current situation and make sacrifices when you know that the other side is also making sacrifices, that kind of stuff. So it was a good point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's going to hurt the game if they don't play. A lot of people are going to be very upset if they don't come back and play this summer because they're going to look very selfish. Totally. Agreed. And I think, what, what, what was the last strike? 1994 was the year that we didn't get a... Right? Or 94, 95, yeah. maybe? Yeah. I, I don't well, remember. So, 
and, and, you know, that happened and baseball came back, of course, but that also happened in a pre-social media age. You know, I, it may not have been known to a lot more people that it's being known to now, I guess, with all yeah. this stuff going on, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I would be interested to see if that had an effect on all of this in its return. Um, but it kind of launched the steroid era too, the last strike. It kind of launched like a new era of baseball with the steroid era, so. That's true. Interesting. That's true. See if anything changes drastically. Speaking of which, I heard that we're getting a, a new, one of the next ESPN documentaries, I think it's 30 for 30, follows the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire home run race season. Uh, dude, yeah, I'm all in on that. Chips in the middle. That'd be wild. That'd be wild. Uh, Scott, why don't you jump into the matchups for us? Yes, absolutely. So with the new format, the top four teams in each conference ranked by points percentage are going to receive a bye. So in the East, first round buys will be given to Boston, the Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, and the Philadelphia Flyers. And in the West, it'll be the St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, Las Vegas Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars. Um, they will play a separate round-robin tournament to determine seeding in the first round. So they can't get eliminated, but they're going to play a round-robin tournament to determine their seeding. Then the remaining 16 teams will be seeded by conference, setting up best-of-five series in the first round. So in the East, number five Pittsburgh Penguins are going to play the Montreal Canadiens. Carolina Hurricanes are going to play the New York Rangers. Interesting matchup, which I think we can dive into a little more, Ant. Uh, Ants Islanders, as he mentioned, are going to play the Florida Panthers. Toronto Maple Leafs will be playing the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's the East. In the West, it'll be the Edmonton Oilers versus Chicago Blackhawks. Nashville Predators versus the Arizona Coyotes. Vancouver Canucks versus the Minnesota Wild. And then the Calgary Flames versus the Winnipeg Jets. So that will be the first-round matchups for the remaining 16 teams. I think for one reason well multiple reasons obviously but biggest thing is these are five game series and the nhl is used to seven game series so teams are going to have a tougher time recovering if they get into an early hole here uh and what are your thoughts on the matchups uh, i think there's gonna be a lot of good matchups um i think uh the rangers hurricanes is probably going to be a we'll probably go five games i could see that series easily going five games um i think down this panthers Will be a good series too. I could see that one also going five games. They match up pretty well against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's exciting. It's really it's a that whole format. It's it's unique, but it's exciting. Uh, there'll probably be a good hockey game on every night, which is which is fun to think about, you know. Yeah, and playoff hockey in general is one of my favorite things to watch. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. the intensity is unreal, um, and it might be even more so now with five game series in the early rounds. Um, more teams, more games. It's going to be a ton of fun. One series I'm actually kind of intrigued by is Pittsburgh, Montreal. Um, I think that'll be an interesting one. Another I agree. Th- oh, go ahead, Faulkner. No, I was just going to say, so obviously huge Sabres fan. We're not going to make the 2014 playoff. That's fine. I've, you know, I've made my amends with that. Uh, living in Pittsburgh, I openly and often speak about my hatred for them. But I will say, the people here love the Penguins. They go crazy for it. 
And it is, it is really cool to see a team. And, you know, this is go my first year here was the year that they won their, their second in their back-to-back -back championships. It was pretty cool to, to be in a city where that was happening. You know, <laughs> growing up in Western New York, we don't have a lot of those going on. Um, but of course, you know, the day of the parade is the day that I had to go freaking to Baltimore on a business trip. So I wasn't even able to enjoy the spoils of that. Uh, but I think, you know, I, let's put it this, this way. I will not be openly posting on social media about my um, pro penguins outlook here. Yes, I know I just kind of said that in the air, but it would be cool to see the, the city kind of come together and, you know, rally around this team and this playoff format. I think it'd be really awesome. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. One thing to really take note of is any momentum these teams had at the end of the year is pretty, it's, it's definitely going to be gone. And for a team like Pittsburgh, who has a lot of veterans on it, maybe some older players, aging stars, it might be a little bit tough for them to go from playing every day to not playing to having to jump back into playoff mode. I know they're going to have a short little training camp here, but I mean, some of these older teams might have a little bit of a hard time getting going. I agree. And that's why, like, I'm sorry, go ahead, Ann. Scott, does it mention where they're going to play? Are they going to play home? Or are they going to like, yeah, so cities or something? There are going to be two city hubs where all the games are going to be played. So I think they'll have maybe East and West stationed at different hubs. Uh, I don't know that they announced those hubs yet, but I know Arizona was a huge consideration for one of them. Um, but I did not see, I don't think they're set in stone yet. That's the only thing that's going to be different is there's going to be really no home ice advantage, you know, and there's going to be no fans there. So I wonder yeah. how that's going to like impact the flow of the game. Cause you know, when, at hockey stadiums, when it gets louder there, you know, the players feed off of it a lot, you know, so it's definitely going to, definitely going to be games. Now they you're going to hear everything with no fans. It's going to be wild. Yeah. And that's like, I think the Sabres have an advantage there. They're used to not playing in front of a sold out crowd. Give it up, Sean. <laughs> I Give it can't. Up, dude. Oh my God. I have a freaking black and gold jersey staring at me right here. So, so getting into that a little bit, there were obviously if 24 teams are making it, Seven teams that did not make the playoffs. Um, Faulkner and I's team make up like 25% of that. Um, <laughs> and those seven teams will be put into a, like a typical draft lottery to see who's going to get the top three picks. Um, so just to give you guys a quick rundown of the teams and their probability to get the number one pick. Detroit, 18.5%. They had the worst record. Ottawa, 13.5%. Uh, San Jose, 11.5%. The Kings, 9.5%. Anaheim, 8.5%. And bringing up the rear and most likely not getting the first-round pick, so not making the playoffs and not getting the first-round pick most likely, the Devils with 7.5% and the Sabres with 7.5%. Oh, they're, good they're Lord. They're bad enough not to make the playoffs, but they're just, and also just bad enough not to get a top-three pick. <laughs> On top of poor performance, this – and we, we touched on this a little bit in our interview with, with Buckets and Dan a couple of weeks ago, right? It's just on top of a piss poor general management that the Sabres have and bad contracts, they can't even spell players' names right on the retro jerseys that they have on 90s night. You know, it's just uh, it's so embarrassing. It really is. There's a great rant, and I, I wish we could – I don't know if we could find it. 
It's a great rant of this, this just beaten down Buffalo Sabres fan, Buffalo sports fan, getting on the air on the local um, uh, sports affiliate, WGR 550, gets on and just gives this, like he's this oh, kind of a, it's kind of an inspiring speech, even though he, you can tell this man's just dead on the inside because of what Buffalo Sabres ownership has done to him. <laughs> Uh, and just the team has done, and it's it's really sad. But a lot of people rallied around this this rant. Honestly, it's a very rant, very much a rant. Um, but it really it's the Buffalo Sabres fan right now in a nutshell. And it sucks that we're in this position. Really hope we can turn it around. Uh, Buffalo Bills general management is able to turn that around. I want that culture instilled into the into the hockey team. Uh, but that's it. That's all I'm ranting about today. But I don't want to take the spotlight off the 24 teams that were actually good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm excited. I think uh, everyone's chomping at the bit for some sports to get back. Um, we can start talking about some lines, maybe some sports gambling again, Ant. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. So <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, you can start losing your money again. I got the itch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get some action. I know. Some freaking hockey games or something, you know. I know. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Maybe, maybe we'll bring a gambling segment to our show once this launches. Yeah, we could do that. Maybe we'll have. Uh, we'll try to get somebody from like the NHL or a team to come on, or maybe a, a former player or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll look into it, but yeah, that'd be excellent. All I had on the the potential NHL season, so. We can, also make a, we can make predictions maybe in a couple weeks, too, if we want. Yeah, we should do that. I like yep. that. Can we fill out, like, a bracket? Do they have, like, a bracket March Madness style that we could do? Yeah, we could do this. They have NHL brackets. We can, we yeah, can once it solidifies, it, it'll be interesting how they, they do it. But uh, once it solidifies, I think we can do that, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you, for again, for listening to the show. We really hope you enjoyed the tremendous interview with William Hung. And our little segment touching on a little NHL action that will be coming here soon. Fingers crossed. Uh, thank you again for listening to the show, and we'll see you next week.